Shalom, Abraham, the Messiah is Baba Kama, Daf Kuf Yud Zayin. Today's Daf discusses if a stolen field is attacked, when a moisture pays, is he paying Midin Knas or Midin? We discuss whether we're able to learn from a Knas to other halachas, dealing with with a moisture, with the, the, the incredible story of when Rav Kahana went to Israel to learn by her, Bihoyichanon after uh, getting in trouble with a moiser, and whether one can be in what scenario. The mission begins by telling us that if someone steals a field from his friends and then mafia guys come and they take the field from the goslin. If these mafia guys were attacking everybody, then the goslin doesn't have to pay because it wasn't a direct hit. But if they just took it from him, then he has to pay for the field. If they took the field because of the goslin, then the goslin is now responsible for it. Otherwise, the entire country got hit. Extra Nachman Bar Yitzchok tells us in the Gemara. Whether you call these mafia guys masikin or matzikin with a, with a tzadi or a samach, they're both right because they both mean these uh, leeching mafia style people. Matzikin. We see in a post that says, Uba metzor, uba metzoik. Now they're in a tough spot in a, in a siege, and so the, so the, those who put you in a tough spot could be called matzikin. And matzikin also we have a pasuk of Yirash had slotzal, the uh, locust take over, and over there the, the targum of locust is sako that they, they they plunder. That's also sako. Masikin is also an appropriate term for them. And the Gemara asks, what's the case where they're taking it from the Goslin because of him, not, not just a countrywide sweep? If they're only taking his field and no one else's field. We, we already learned that we can infer that from the fact that it's not a Makas Medina. So, so what's the case? We have two options. Either the Goslin actually showed them the field and they're like, alright, take this. So you just moister it. Or number two where the Goyim came and they, they forced him to show them his fields and he showed them the field that he had stolen. Now the Gemara brings a story of someone who was a miser. He gave over the Reish Galusa's wheat to the government. So the Reish Galusa comes to Rav Nachman and Rav Nachman says, well, this guy has to pay you for it. Now Rav Yosef was, was sitting behind Rav Huna Barchino, was sitting by Rav Huna Barchino. Oh, he was in front of Rav Nachman. Rav Huna Barchiyah tells Rav Nachman, is this chiyuv that you're giving this moiser a din or a knas? So he says, well, it's a Mishnah. The Mishnah says that if the only reason why these guys took it was because of the gazlin, then he has to pay for it. Right? And we lear- we're learning that he, ha- he gave it over. He, he showed them this field. He was a moiser. So yeah, it's a, it's a chiyuv. But after he left, Rabbi Yosef tells Rav Huna Barchiyah, why does it really matter to you whether it's a knas or a din? He says, well, if it's a din, you can learn from it. A knas, you can't learn from, from it. He says, who says you can't learn from a knas? Well, the Brisa tells us. But originally, they used to say that even when there's no uh, of noticeable damage, like if someone is matame his friend's stuff, or he uses his friend's wine for nis, for for nesach, for avodizara, he's chayev. And they added even a madame as someone who mixes truma into someone's chulin, so now the Israel can't eat it, he has to sell it to a koyin. 
Now it's much that they had to come back and add a madame, someone who mixed in the truma. But if not, it wouldn't have been included. Why not? Maybe because it's a knas. And you can't learn from a knas. They had to actually come back and reinstitute it officially. The Gemara says, no. The, whole, the only reason why they came back was because originally they said, look, Hefzad Meruba will be Mechaev, but Hefzad Muat not. They came back to say, even Hefzad Muat, even Madame, even that is going to be a Chaev. So the guy can sell it. He just has to sell it for a lot less because now there's Truma in here. So it's a much uh, more marginalized market. The Gemara says, that's, that's your Raya. That's not really an answer because Rabbi Oven learns it the opposite, that originally they, they, they learned that a Matame and a Madame Archive, and then they added a manasech. Now manasech is a hefsid merubo. It must be that you can't learn it out because it's a knas. And you can't give me your answer of hefsid muad hefsid merubo. Gemara says no. Originally they held like Rabbi Ovin, and then Chazru they came back to add Ainesach because they now they held like Rabbi Yirmiya. Who are these shooters? So Rabbi Ovin is what they originally held. He says that if someone shoots an arrow and we're supposed to rob him on Shabbos, now mid-flight it tears someone's clothing before it lands. Rabbi Ovin says he's Potter because the Akira needs a Hanocha. His arrow was going to land. It had to land. And the Mela, he was already high of Misa when he shot it. When you're high of Misa, you're not going to be high of Mom and Kimlein B'Durabim. But at the end of the day, they ended up switching to hold like Rabbi Yirmiyot instead, who says, he was talking about Yaya Nesach, that you're high of Mom the second you pick it up. Ah, Yaya Nesach is, you know, it's a void desire, you're high of Misa for that. That's only the time they actually pour the wine. So that's why they added Yainasek afterwards, because they just switched their shita. Nothing to do with learning from a knas. Next, Rev Hunabar Yehuda was by the Bay of Yoini, and he saw Rav, and he said, No, you learned anything of Shmak lately? He says, Yeah, of course. If Goyim force a Jew to give over stuff, and instead of giving his own stuff, he gives them someone else's stuff, he's moist or someone else's items, he's chayav to pay for it. I've heard about Barry Huda says, hold on a second. You sure about that? The Bryce says that if a Jew is being forced and he only shows his friends money, he's putter. It's only when he actually picks it up that he's chayev. It's only if he actually literally is moister it, actually hands it over, be a dayab. Rabbi says that showing it is like giving it over, be a dayab. The Gemara brings the story of a person who showed, showed uh, Rev. Mori Bereder of Pinchas Bereder of Christus wine to the Goyim. He was much of that. The Goyim told him, oh, okay, so just carry the wine in for us. And he did. And Rev. Ashi still pottered him. So, so the Rabbanan said to Rev. Ashi, ah, he actually picked it up. So Rav Ashi clarified that if the Goyim already here, they, they, they already have it. Him carrying it isn't the giving over be a dying. Bavo challenges Avashi on this point and he says, we have a case of someone who gave over, this tough guy says, you know, give me that wheat bundle or that uh, bunch of grapes. If he stretches and hands it over, over to him, he's hired for that. Even though the, the guy is right there. She says, no, 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 no. The guy wasn't right there. He was across the river of a Horaya. He had to say, stretch and give it to me. And not just hand it over. He didn't say, tain. He said, hoish it. 
If he was right there, then he wouldn't be chayev for the actual handing it over. The guy already has it. Next, the Gemara tells us a case of two uh, fishermen who were fighting over a fish trap. This guy said it's his, this guy says it's his. So one of them said, you know what? If I can't have it, no one could have it. And he, and he was moist already, gave it over to the king, the Verhagno de Malka, the governor. Abaye says, look, he was Meiser his own thing. He owned half the, or could be he even owned the entire fish trap. Rava said, really? No. Rava rather says, you put him in Khiram until he, he gets it back and they go to court. Another story, there was a guy who was Meiser, his friend's uh, grain, that came to Rav. He really wanted to give it over. Rav said, don't do it. And he was very chutzpah, he said, I'm going to do it. So Gahana was right there with, with Rav and he put him in Kherim and the guy broke his neck. Well, there's been a Shemayim or they, I don't think they actually broke his neck. This is my colleague who's him. Rav said about this Kherim there of Kahana put on him. The kids are going to faint in the streets. Like a wild axe, just like a wild axe. Once it dies, you don't have any Rachmanus on him. So to a miser, you don't have Rachmanus on him. He was a fan of what Rav Kahana did. Rav tells Rav Kahana, the truth is, you know, Lamaisa, this guy died because of you. And the Persians, they're okay with, with, with a little bit of killing here and there. But now the, the Greeks are here and they're all makbid on this. So they're going to they're gonna call you a, rebel, a, re, a rebel. So you better go up to Eretz Israel. But he warned him. He says, don't ask Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan any questions for seven years. Just after seven years, you'll, you'll figure out the style of the shir, you'll figure out the, the style of learning in Eretz Yisrael. It's totally different. There's a whole different learning in Eretz Yisrael and in, and in Bavel. The ones who went from one to the other, they got both of them. Now he showed up in Eretz Yisrael and he found Rish Lakish giving over Rabbi Yechonon's shir. So yeah, so where can I find Rabbi Rish Lakish? After shir. And they said, well, why do you want Rish Lakish? So he said, I this kasha, that kasha. It had all these different slug-ups, so they reported this to Reish Lakish, and Reish Lakish reported it to Rebekah, and he said, you should know, and Ari Ola Mi Bavel, there's this lion over here from Bavel, he is powerful, but you better prepare your share tomorrow. Okay? So the next day, Rebekah going to prepare this, this, this powerful share. If Kahana was sitting in the front row, he said over a Shmaitza, if Kahana didn't ask, Shmaitza didn't ask, so he moved him all the way back to the seventh row, and every time he said over a share, and he didn't ask any questions if Kahana was moved back another row. So leans over to his luggage, his Gavrusa, his brother-in-law, and he says, you know, you told me he's a lion, he's a fax. It's all this inner slyness. He's saying over the Torah that he heard from Baba, but he himself isn't a lion, doesn't, doesn't have that power. If Kahana heard this, he said, uh, you know, you hear Ratsa in that the, the seven rows that I moved back, should be a kapara for the seven times that I was quiet, that Rav told me not to say anything. He stood up and he said, start here again. Start from the beginning. So he said, said the first Shmaitza and he asked. And he moved to the front row again. Rebbe was sitting on these seven carpets and every Shmaitza that Rebbe asked, he asked another kasha and pulled out another carpet until Rebbe was down on the floor, sitting on the floor. Rebbe was an, was an elder man at this time, and he had these very, very long eyelashes. He was considered beautiful at this time, and he, his eyelashes covered his eyes. He couldn't see anything. 
Um, so he asked, I would like to be able to see him, see Rav Kahana. She just slugged up every one of my schmeitzes. So they, they got these silver tweezers and they, they p- picked up his eyelashes and they saw Rav Kahana. He saw Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana had a split lip, so it looked like he was smiling. Mechanan thought he was laughing at him. And with that, Khalisha Sadaz, Rav Kahana died. Some form of death. So the next day, Rabbi Echanan told Rabban, and he saw that this Babylonian was laughing at me, Rabbi was laughing at me. And they said, no, 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 that's how his face looks. He says, oh, he went over to the, to the cave where they had buried him, and there was a snake that was pace, pacing back, back and forth on guard. So he told the snake, um, open your mouth, open the gate, and let me pass. Let a Rav come to see his Talmud. And he wouldn't open. He said, let a friend come see a friend. He says, wouldn't open. He said, okay, at least let a Talmud come see his Rebbe. He was mevatal himself to Rav Kahana, and the snake left and let him in, opened it up. Be'echon and David and Rav Kahana stood up. See, he stands up again later, so maybe there was like some form of uh, consciousness. And Be'echon and Rav Kahana, you should know, if I, if I knew that that was your lip, I wouldn't have a Chalisha Sadas, you never would have died. Please come back with me. He says, well, I'm not just going to come back. You have to promise me that you know, it won't happen again. I don't want to keep dying every time you think I'm laughing at you. Every time you feel, you have Chalisha Sadas because of me. He says, you know, the time has passed since your death that it won't happen again. So, okay. So he, he fully awoken. The Imamish got up. Whether it was Tchiyas or there's, there's an interesting sheet to that. In the olden days, they used to bury everyone for uh, who they thought was dead. And they used to check on him three days later to make sure he was still dead. They had that little bell he could ring if he wasn't. So he got up. Taka came back to learn with him. Rabbi Yochanan asked him all his fakers and Rav Kahana answered all his kashas. And this is what Rabbi Yochanan said to his Talmud, I thought you guys were good, but I'm telling you, in Bavl, the mamish, they have Taira. The mamish have Taira. Maybe this is one of the Makaris why we follow the Bavli over Yerushalmi. Moving on, the Gabara tells us a case of someone who was Moisa, the silk of Rabbi Abba. Gave it up to the authorities. About so Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Yochanan, Bar Papa, and Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha were all sitting together with Rabbi Loi. And they thought that they should make this guy be chayiv. Why? Because the Mishnah says, that if a, if a judge misjudges a case, he says that someone who was correct was chai, vice versa, Tommy was tar, vice versa. So, Lamaisa, the psaka is final, but the judge has to pay out of pocket. This guy who made the silk be given away should have to pay out of pocket. So, Eloi says that the judge would only have to be out of pocket if he actually handed over the din be a daim. But if not, he can't be mechaivim for a garmi. So they said, go to Shimon ben Eliyokim and Avelozu ben Petas. They hold that you could paskin on garmi. So just by showing, just by being, by being moiser, that's enough to be mechaivim according to them. So Taki went to them and they were mechaivim based on our Mishnah. And Mishnah says that if the reason why these mafia guys are taking the field is because of the Goslin who's there, the Goslin shows them the field, just showing them is enough. They hold that, that the case was where he showed them the field, he was moist for the field, and therefore they were able to be Mechaev to get back Rab Abba's silks, to make the moisture pay for Rab Abba's silks. Next, the Gemara tells us a case of someone who is a, had a picard and a silver goblet, and these Ganovim came and they took the goblet. So they went to Rabba. Rabba said that he was Taka Potter. And Baye says, hold on a second. Now the case was that the guy actually gave the goblet to the Gazlonim. 
Rabbi said he's potter. He said, Abayah said, how could you possibly potter this guy? He saved his own money by giving over this because and someone else's money. So Ashi says, it really depends on why these guys loaned him came. If this guy is a rich guy and they were coming for his money and he gave him this silver goblet instead, you're right, he's chayv. But if, they, if this guy's a poor guy, they only came for the silver kois. So he gave them what they came for. So that's why I'll talk about Potter. If that was the scenario. And another, in another story, there was a guy who was holding on to someone else's uh, money bag, his wallet, his safe. For Pidun Shvuin. This is his Pidun Shvuin fund. And there were these bandits that came and they were gonna they're gonna kill him. Who knows what they were gonna do? And he gave them all this money for Pidun Shvuin. Rabbi pottered him. Abai says, hold on a second. Why are you giving away this Picardoin? You you mean Matalatsabim Mamam and Khaveroi. So Rava says, this is a very unique case because this money was for Pidun Shvuim. So he used it for Pidun Shvuim for himself. Who knows what this Ganavim would have done to him? In another case, there was a guy who snuck his donkey onto a boat. Yeah, his pasha's boats are meant for people, and he stuck it on like it was a ferry. And everyone else boarded. When they're out at sea, the boat was, was, was about to capsize. So one guy came and he nudged this guy's donkey and it brayed off the side. And no, no more donkey. It drowned. So they came to Rabbah, the guy, and Rabbah said that the guy who nudged him is Potter. Abaya says, hold on a second, but he's saving all of his stuff on the boat. He's saving the boat by using someone else's mammon. So over here also, it was a different, it wasn't a typical matzlats, maybe mammon chaveri, because the other guy was a roide if he was a murderer for bringing the donkey on in the first place. This guy was a murderer for bringing his donkey on in the first place. So that, that donkey you're allowed to knock off. You're not going to be able to pay this murderer for taking away his murder weapon. In this Rabbi Lashitase, Rabbi says when it, when it comes to a roidev, a murderer, he's going to kill somebody and, and, and he breaks the guy's stuff while he's going to kill him. The roidev is going to be potter because the roidev is chayv misa. So, he's not going to be monetary issues. Okay, you, you, broke, you broke a vase. Right, but he's going to the gallows the next day. Okay. The guy who is being chased, the near daf, if he breaks Caleb, so if he breaks the, the Roydev stuff, he's potter. Because the mindset of the Roydev is giving up his own life by doing this murderous act. He doesn't care more about his Caleb than he does about his life. But if, he, if, if, but if the near-death breaks someone else's stuff while he's running away from this axe murderer, he's, he's going to have to pay for it. Because you can't save yourself with someone else's money. So, you know, if, if you uh, throw a mirror at the guy who's chasing you with a chainsaw, you have to pay for that mirror. If someone is chasing the murderer... Yeah, the, the, the police guy is running after the axe murderer. And the police guy breaks stuff. So he's automatically going to be potter. No matter whose it is, whether it's the, the near doffs or anybody else's. This isn't a, a technical halacha, but we waive any fees that he would have to pay, any hezek he would have to pay, because we want people to take down axe murderers. So we say, look, you do whatever it takes to stop Roidfim. And you don't have to pay for any damages to Caitlin you cause along the way. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.